But I'm telling you, if you don't know what to pray, the Spirit, number one, will pray through you. But number two, you can pray through the Word of God and you know that it is a godly prayer. Shallow Christianity is not where we want to be. We want to go deeper in the Word of God and deeper in His Spirit. And the only way to go deeper and further with Christ is to go deeper in prayer and to let Him have more control over our life than we have over our life. Have you ever thought about what the next step is in our Christian walk with Jesus? You know, once we receive salvation. It's true that we're to go and make disciples of all the nations, but it's also true that we need to stay in constant communication with God the Father. The way we do this is through prayer. But prayer is more than just the words we say. It's also the way in which we hear the Holy Spirit. In today's message, Pastor Eddie Mason continues his series on the power of prayer. This morning, though, I want to talk to you about the power of prayer. And in talking to you about the power of prayer, I want you to understand this. If you don't understand anything else, prayer is the way that I communicate with the Father. Prayer is the way that I hear what the Holy Spirit's saying. Prayer is the way that my worship for Jesus is developed, is through those things. And so prayer becomes the building block, the foundation of my relationship, the next step after I receive Jesus Christ. Does that make sense to you? Okay, Jesus is the, the bottom foundation, but the next best step that you can take is to pray. And the problem is people talk about prayer all the time, but they pray very little. Or when they do pray, they don't take time to hear what the Spirit of the Lord says. Let me just be real honest with you. In order for you to quiet your spirit, you may have to sit still for 20 or 30 minutes without the radio, without the computer, without the television, without any interference, just you and God. And the reason it takes 20 to 30 minutes is because your spirit, the man's spirit, has got so many things, so many balls up in the air, it can't settle down. And so if it can't settle down, you can't hear the Lord. But it, we don't, we think in terms of prayer, you know, most of the times we think in terms of three to five minutes. How would you like that kind of relationship? Every, once, a, once a month, you know, you call up and you talk to your grandmother, tell her you're still doing good and hang up. That's the kind of relationship you have. Even with that, though, you sometimes go spend time with her. That's what we did when I was growing up. Once a month, we would call my grandmother and we would talk to her, her and my granddaddy. And then about every three months, we'd go see them for about a week. And that's the kind of relationship I had. And I thought it was a good relationship, but I'm going to tell you, it's not nearly as close as it could be. I start getting the heebie-jeebies when I don't talk to my grandchildren every week. Some of you look at me like I'm crazy. We, but that's the way we enter into our our into the presence of the Lord. That's the way we build a relationship with the Lord. And so I'm going to say this, I said this last week, and I want, to say, I want to say it one more time. Having relationship with the Lord through prayer in the way He desires is the most important pursuit of our entire life. I can give you a checklist and say, you know, you need to be here on Sunday morning. You need to be here on Sunday night. You need to be here on Wednesday night. You read your Bible every day, and you need to pray at least five minutes every day. And if I give you a checklist, at the end of the week, you're going to check things off, 
and you're going to feel good because you have done things. God isn't interested in you doing things for him. God is interested in being with you. And it's out of that being with you that those things that you do will be birthed. And so he's calling us into this place of prayer. In Ephesians 6.18, he says, praying at all times in the spirit. What do you think that word all times means? He needs, there needs to be constant communication by the spirit all the time. We don't need to do anything except we acknowledge the Holy Spirit's with us. I never will forget, I went to a Jimmy Buffett concert. Any of y'all know Jimmy Buffett? I didn't. I didn't know anything about Jimmy Buffett. But the lady that called me up was a friend of Sue's and said, she will absolutely love it. And she, I said, well, who is Jimmy Buffett? And he said, he sings Margaritaville. What that? Cheeseburger in paradise. Well, so I said, okay. So we pack it up. We get with them. We get in their van and we drive over there. And boys and girls, I'm here to tell you, I didn't know grown people could act so stupid. I mean, there was a guy about 40 years old, had a flat top haircut, and he had a, a, a beer in a cup, and he's balancing on his head, and the parrots that are hanging down from his ears are shaking. And then they sing this song about let's get naked. I ain't going to tell you the rest of it because it's filthy. And I'm sitting there in my chair, and I'm going, oh, God, 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 please. If you let me live through this, I promise I won't drag you back into one of these concerts ever again. Oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. We got in the car, and people said, well, how'd you like it? And I said, well, I didn't. I said, matter of fact, I feel better when we get outside the fairgrounds because I'm just afraid that spirit's all over me. You know, I, it, just, it just upset me so bad. I had taken the Holy Spirit and brought him into a fraternity party. I've met people that have taken the Holy Spirit into strip joints, X-rated movies. Well, Eddie, you don't think he stays at the door, do you? See, we think we can put on and take off the Holy Spirit as we will. The Bible says he will never leave you nor forsake you. Wherever you take him, that's where he goes. And so he says, you need to be talking to me all the time. I promise you through the Jimmy Buffett concert, I was. Oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. Well, Eddie, can't you have some fun? Yeah. I do have fun all the time. I love it. I, I, I don't listen to only Christian music, but I don't listen to filth. I refuse to listen to filth, but I enjoy myself. Clap my hands. I don't dance because I can't, but I just boy don't have any rhythm. Praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all saints. To what end? I'm sitting there going, what end are you talking about, Paul? To that end. Isn't that a weird statement? 
So what end is he talking about? So I went back and I began to study and see what he was saying there. And he said, what you need to do is you need to lean on the Word of God for direction on what to pray. Wait now. I just pray whatever's in me. I know. My famous story with Guy Chevreau. Some of you don't know Guy. Guy was the historian and the theologian that... Uh, wrote about the uh, revival at the airport vineyard in Toronto. He came to me one night and we, had this, we, we were having this meeting and the worship was bad. I mean, it was bad. And so we had a prayer thing over at the flea market and this, this one person came up to me and said, listen, we have a lady whose children have been kidnapped. They've been taken by their father and they've been taken across state lines and, and he's a drug addict and, and we, need to, we need to pray right now. So it was a good excuse for me to stop praising worship because it was bad. I went up there and I stopped praising worship and I began to pray. And I prayed, I said, Lord, would you protect these children? Would you arrest that father? Would you cause these children to be safe? Would you bring them back home to their mother? Lord, would you just please enter into this situation? And I pray. How many think that's a good prayer? Man, that's a great prayer, isn't it? That's the prayer that ought to be prayed. The only problem was it was wrong. Well, Eddie, how could it have been wrong? We leave the, we leave the uh, service that night, and he asked me a question. He said, why didn't you pray for the husband? I said, I didn't want to. I was mad at him, stealing those children. He said, how did you know what to pray? I said, I prayed in my spirit. I said, I prayed in what I, what I had in my head. And then he asked me this question. He said, what did God want? I said, I don't know. He said, that was pretty obvious, Eddie. That wasn't the end of the lesson, although that was a pretty good one. Nothing like having somebody take and just slap you right in the face, and that's what God wants. About three, four months later, the lady shows up at the church wanting money to help build her boyfriend out of jail. And so I'm going, what in the world's going on? So we begin to check. Well, come to find out, the father had legal custody of the children. Come to find out she was the drug addict. He wasn't the drug addict. She's the one that had kidnapped him and brought him again across state lines. And God walked her right into the church, right into my office, so that he could tell me, you didn't know what was on my heart. That's pretty cool, isn't it? Now, he didn't get mad at me. But I didn't pray nearly, I, didn't, I prayed absolutely against what was right, what was righteous, and what brought life. Why? Because there was no consultation with the Holy Spirit. There was no determining what the Holy Spirit wanted to do. This morning I was praying the same way, and the Holy Spirit interrupted, and He said, let me do what I need to do. What you are going to do will bring a temporary end to this, but what I'm going to do will bring a permanent end. I said, Lord, you do it then. You do it then. I just I to put this into your hands. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to worship you, and I'm just going to enjoy you, and I'm going to enjoy your presence, and we're going to let the Lord take, we're going to let you take care of this, and I'll stay with you. And you know what? I know that. And so what I began to do is then I began to, 
depend on the word for the things that I'm going to pray. I said, Holy Spirit, what do you want to do in this situation? What do you want to do? Where do you want me to be? And then he says, pray. If you don't know what else to do, pray the word. How many of you pray the word? Man, I love praying the word. Let me show you, let me just show you how to do that. In Ephesians 1.16, Paul said, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation and the knowledge of him, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saint, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his great might, that he worked in in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in heavenly places far above all rule and all authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named not only in this age but also in the one to come. How many think that's a good prayer? Well two of you do. God did too. You know how I know? He put it in his word. Can I just listen to me now. If God put a prayer in his word it's a good prayer, and he hears the prayer of his word. Well, Eddie, I don't get that. Well, let me pray it for you. Let me pray it for you, okay? I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would give to us the spirit and of revelation that we might come to know you in a greater way. I want to know you more than I know you right now. I want to understand your heart better than I understand it. I want your will more than I want my will. I want my eyes, the eyes of my understanding, enlightened that you, that I may know what is the hope to which I have been called. I want to know what the riches of this glorious inheritance in the same. Lord, you said that I could have that. I'm asking you for it right here, right now. Not just for me, but for the whole body of Christ at Southside Christian Fellowship. And what is the immeasurable greatness of His power towards us who believe? We haven't even skimmed the surface. Lord, would you release more power? Would you give us more knowledge of how to use the power and the authority that you have given us according to the working of his great might? Not according to my power, Lord, but according to your power, according to your authority, according to the fact that you have dominion and authority over every name that is named on the earth. Come on. Come on. Now, you know what? Whew, thank you, Jesus. You know what? That prayer's answered. How do you know that? Because I know he heard it. Why do you know he heard it? Because he wrote it. And if I, he wrote it, then it's in his will. And if I pray anything according to his will, he hears me. And if he hears me, he, I have the petitions of my heart. So I know that this church is going to grow in greater revelation knowledge of Jesus Christ. I know that the things that aren't seen are going to be seen. I know that there's a unity coming to us because I have asked God to do that. And so he's going to bring a love one for the other beyond anything that we've experienced so far. I know that we're going to see signs, wonders, and miracles to a greater extent than we already have. I know that people are going to get healed. Why? Because I ask to have knowledge and understanding of his power according to his greatness and his dominion and his authority. Come on. Well, is that a prayer you pray? Yeah. Do you believe it? I expect it. How many times have you prayed it? About 93. How many times are you going to pray it until I see it start happening? 
till I see the manifestation of everything that's in there. And so I see that the Word of God then, there's prayers. There are prayers and prayers and prayers and prayers and prayers. You don't ever have to make one up. You don't ever have to make one up. That's okay. I'm not telling you not to because I want you to have communion. I want you, I want you to be telling the Holy Spirit stories. I want you to understand who he is. I want him to be a real person to you. But I'm telling you, if you don't know what to pray, the Spirit, number one, will pray through you. But number two, you can pray through the Word of God and you know that it is a godly prayer. Why? Because it's his. He says in here, to that end, what end? To the end that I'm looking for opportunities to pray for the assistance of the Spirit for an answer. You know, well, you know, Lord, I, my good friend's in the hospital cutting herself. Would you heal her and deliver her? <laughs> Anything wrong with that prayer? No. Is it the heart of Jesus? No. Why, Lord, would you reveal the depth, the hurt, and the pain in her life so that she can be delivered, so that cutting is no longer an option in her life? Can I tell you I'm pushing you? I'm pushing you to go deeper. Shallow Christianity is not where we want to be. We want to go deeper in the Word of God and deeper in His Spirit. And the only way to go deeper and further with Christ is to go deeper in prayer and to let Him have more control over our life than we have over our life. Are you in agreement with that? You like how I change that up? So I want you to understand that it's Spirit for an answer. Praying at all times with a heart of thanks for the blessings we have received. Man, we need to be thankful. Daddy asked this morning, how many of you have received favor? If you receive favor, raise your hand again. How about bow your head right now and say, thank you for my favor, Lord. Thank you for your favor, Lord. Thank you for your favor. If you didn't receive favor, then ask the Lord for favor, although you're already highly favored. But I'm just telling you, we need to be thankful for those. Thankful for when prayers are answered. We don't need to forget what we prayed for. I mean, sometimes we pray, those things happen, and we never acknowledge it. And the Lord said, I want a heart of thanksgiving. The more we acknowledge it, the greater our faith begins to grow. Lord, I had a headache, and you heal my headache. Okay. I'll tell somebody about it, but, you know, no, no, no. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you that that hangnail's been bothering me, and you took care. Thank you, Lord. See, we, we, we look at insignificant things and we forget to thank the Lord for them. And we need to begin to thank the Lord. You know, thank you, Lord, that Kathy wasn't killed when she was hit in that automobile accident. Lord, thank you for taking care of her. Thank you for delivering her from, from death into life. Thank you, Jesus. We just begin to go on. Praying at all times with a heart of thanksgiving. The Word of God and prayer are the building blocks of this relationship with Jesus. They ensure the continuation and the increase in our relationship with the Lord. They give us the prerequisites for our worship. When we begin to get into the Word and we begin to get in prayer, and what we do is we take the Word and we pray the Word. And once we begin to pray the Word, that Word begins to come back to us. Don't let me get too technical on you. 
Just pray the Word. The Word begins to take root inside of us, and then there's this spirit of thanksgiving and acknowledgement for what His Word is doing and what it has done, and we begin to, to know how to give worship. You see, worship is not about fast music or slow music. Worship is not about standing up and shouting or laying down on the floor and jerking. Worship's about offering ourselves up to the Lord and saying, Lord, this is for you. Worship is when we let everything that's within inside of us begin to sing and to praise and to magnify Him for the things that He has done. Worship is when we turned our focus off ourselves and onto Him and realized how great He is. Worship is when we realize that we should be destined to burn in hell for eternity, but because of the blood that was shed on Calvary's cross, we have been saved, we've been sanctified, and some of us, many of us have been filled with the Holy Spirit, and we need to be shouting because of what Jesus did. Come on. Give God praise. So our worship emanates out of our prayer life. It starts coming out of our prayer life. It starts coming out of the revelation of what God has done in us and through us. And so we want to grab hold of that. Look what he says in 1 Corinthians 2.9. But as it is written, what no eye has seen nor ear heard nor the heart of man imagined, what God has prepared for those who love him. Woo! That's a good scripture. That's where we stop. That's not where the apostles stopped. I hear people all the time saying, we don't have any idea well, you know what that tells me? You're not praying. What? We'll read the rest of the verse. These things God has revealed to us through the Spirit. You mean that Spirit that abides in you? Uh-oh. If you're not getting revelation of the Father, chances are pretty good you're not engaging the Spirit of God because that's who the Holy Spirit likes to talk about more than anybody else on the planet. Daddy and I leaving a full gospel businessmen's breakfast one morning. We'd heard an amazing testimony. We're riding down the road, and all of a sudden, I start praying in tongues. I can't stop. I mean, I could have, but I didn't want to. You know what I'm saying? It's one of those things where the Spirit was just urging me to keep going and keep going and keep going and keep going and keep going. And 15 minutes later, and I'm still going. I look over beside me, and Daddy's crying. He is just weeping. Tears are just flowing out of his eyes. And when, it, when I finally stopped about 20 minutes after all this had taken place, I looked at Daddy. I said, what's going on? He said, Eddie, he said, the Holy Spirit in you was worshiping Jesus. And he was describing heavenly scenes. And he said he wouldn't give me the whole revelation, but he'd give me little tidbits of the glory and the manifest glory, only the things that the Holy Spirit knew. And he was magnifying Christ in you and through you. Whew. Now, I felt cheated. Daddy got to understand the translation. I got to pray in the Spirit. But can I tell you, that's what the Holy Spirit was doing. He wasn't asking for anything. He wasn't begging for me to do anything. He was just worshiping Jesus on my behalf. See, that's not real important to a lot of people. They want to be told how good their life can be. They want to, they're more set on what's going to happen here than they are for all of eternity. Look what he says. These things God has revealed to us through the Spirit. Prayer reveals the heart of the Father. Prayer reveals the heart of the Father. Well, God, you ought to just kill them. That's your heart. 
God, I'm tired of messing with them. Would you just remove them from my life? Y'all all know my story about my next door neighbor. I prayed that he would move. The next day he put a sign in his yard. And I'm out there saying, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. And the Holy Spirit said, you don't know who I'm moving in next to you. I said, Lord, don't let him sell his house. At least I know who he is. And so he lived there for, for a long, long time. Now I have the best neighbors in the world. They are precious, precious, precious people. And I'm saying, God, you're so good. But I let God deal with those things and not me. Not because I wanted to, but because he stopped me right in the middle of it. The Holy Spirit will lead you and guide you into truth. He will take you into this place. They release the will of God on the earth. Do what? Prayer releases the will of God on the earth. We're going to talk about that in a little while. Let me let you in on a little secret. Everybody's saying, I want revival. I want revival. I want revival. Well, number one, we don't know what revival looks like. Number two, we've not been willing to pray for revival like we were desperate for it. You see, prayer always prepares the way for the coming of the Holy Spirit to manifest himself in the way he wants to. So do we really want revival? I don't know. Only you can acknowledge how much you're praying. Then the next question is, what does that word revival mean, Holy Spirit? See, we just take it for granted we know because we've seen some in Pensacola. We've seen something happen at Toronto. We've seen something happen at Dalton. We've seen something happen at Dawsonville. We've seen some things like it. So we think we know what revival looks like. That's what the Holy Spirit's doing there. What does it look like for you? What does it look like for you? Well, Eddie, that's what it's going to look like. It might. But what if it's totally different? What if there's weeping and gnashing of teeth that's the revival of repentance in the heart of the church? Would that be okay with you? See, what I'm telling you is we have, we have formulated our idea of what revival is without asking God what revival is. And thank God for the things that we've experienced. I don't want to make light of any of those things. Do I believe God's moving in those? Yes, I do. Have I gone and seen them? Yes, I have. Did I enjoy them? Yes, I did. And that's great, but I want to see revival moving in me. I want to see revival moving in the church. And God, I want you to tell me what revival looks like. Am I making sense to you? They release. They release the will of God. Look what Psalm 149.4 says. For the Lord takes pleasure in His people. Turn to your neighbor and say, God likes you. They turn to another and said, He really enjoys you. The Lord takes pleasure in His people. He adorns the humble with salvation. Let the godly exalt in glory. Let them sing for joy on their beds. Let the high praises of God be in their throats and a two-edged sword in their hands. Whoops. The high praises of God are a two-edged sword? Yeah. Why? Because they release the will of God on the earth and they slash the enemy 
and put him to flight. To execute vengeance. Ooh, my praise executes vengeance? Well, that's not what I'm saying. To execute vengeance on the nations and punishment on the peoples, to bind their kings with chains and their nobles with fetters of iron, to execute on them the judgment written. This is honor for all his godly ones. Hmm. This is the honor. See, we don't pray for judgment or justice. We're afraid of judgment and justice. And yet God puts in His Word, it's the honor of the saints to pray for the release of judgment and justice. What kings is He talking about? Is it the natural kings of the earth? It could be. But what if I told you it was the principalities and powers and the rulers of darkness in high places? And God said, I want to execute vengeance upon the evil one. And your praise releases that vengeance in the earth. Do you think we ought to praise a little more? You want to know how to do with the with, with things that are going on in your life? Become a, become a praise warrior. In Revelation 8.3, let me read you one more and then I'm going to close. Another angel came and stood at the altar with a golden censer. And he was given much incense to offer with the prayers of all the saints on the golden altar before the throne. And the smoke of the incense with the prayers of the saints rose before God from the hand of the angel. Then the angel took the censer, filled it with fire from the altar, and threw it on the earth. And there were peals of thunders, rumblings, flashings, flashes of lightning, and an earthquake. What did he just say? He said that when our prayers go up, there's an angel. When our prayers for justice go up, there's an angel that's collecting them. And he puts those prayers with the incense, and he puts them before God. Now, let me tell you what that means. Whatever prayers you're praying are going to be interpreted by the Holy Spirit as before it's brought before Jesus himself. So you don't have to worry about whether you're praying right all the time or not. All I'm telling you is when you pray in accordance with God will, God's will, it's in putting before the throne of God. An angel takes it and puts it before the throne of God for justice and judgment to be poured out on the earth. And he says, and when God says so at his timing, that will be coals of fire that are thrown on the earth and there will be thunders and lightnings and earthquakes. Our prayers shake the globe. Well, Eddie, I'm just one person. No, you're not. You're part of a body. And that body is global. And as that body begins to pray and offer up incense and worship before the Lord, I mean worship before the Lord, guess what happens? The, the Lord begins to release justice in the earth and things begin to happen and the whole earth is shaken. Jesus said, it's been shaken before and I will shake it again. When? When the prayers of the saint are ushered before the throne of God. Come on. Eddie, are you pushing us to pray? As hard as I can push you. If I could condemn you and make it better, I would, but I can't, so I won't. Because God's not interested in prayers that are brought on through condemnation. He's interested in hearts that want to engage with Him. He's interested in people that will bow down before the altar and begin to intercede for the things. Not just complain about what's going on in the nation. Begin to intercede for the nation. 
You know, Gary's been given a vision. How many of you know the vision that Gary's been given? Some of you do. How much time in intercession have you put behind that? If you don't know what you need to get with Gary, find out what his vision is, what God gave him. God just opened heaven and gave him a vision. But unless we put prayer to his vision, his vision will sit within him. We don't, do we understand spiritual things? Do we understand what power, what authority, what grace we have been given? Do we really understand it? But we ought to start pursuing it. I can't make you pursue Christ. I can't make you pursue in prayer. I can't make you sit down for 20 minutes and be quiet. I can't make you do anything. And as I said before, I wouldn't want to if I could. All I want you to know is there's a Christ that wants to reveal himself to us in a greater measure than he's ever revealed himself before. But he's not going to sit you down and shove you in a chair and make you do it. He's looking for voluntary lovers. You've been listening to Sunday Sermons from Southside Christian Fellowship Church. A place where you are loved, accepted, and received. A place of healing. A place of prayer. A place of hope. We invite you to join us this Sunday and every Sunday. For service times, location, and other information about the church, please visit our website at southsidechristianfellowship.net. Again, that's southsidechristianfellowship.net. As we wrap up today's message, we would like to once again thank you for listening. We would like to also have Papa Herman, an elder at Southside, to speak a Father's blessing over you. May the Lord bless and keep you, that He would cause His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you, that the Lord would lift up the light of His countenance upon you and give you His peace. And remember that the Lord's favor is with you all the time. Expect it. It is with you. It's manifesting itself to you. It will overtake you no matter where you are. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.